I'm Lacey, and I have a gluten allergy. And I'm Lucy, and I have celiac disease. And this is Subnautica Part 2. Actually, this is gluten-free gaming, first of all. And second of all, this is Subnautica Part 2. I was so excited to talk more about Subnautica that I forgot the name of the podcast. But we're here, and we've got more things to say. Yeah, let us just continue on our conversation of Subnautica, because we, we have so much to say, and we love this game so much. So, yeah, let's just get into it. Okay. Um, life pods. Life pods. Okay, so you start the game in a life pod because obviously you eject from, and like it's like kind of crash lands in like this like safe shallows area. I think we've already mentioned the safe shallows. And then you, it's like kind of broken. So you have to like fix stuff. It like catches on fire and you have to put stuff out. But you like, you have some tools. You have a radio, a fabricator, and like a little med kit maker thing. No, you don't have the radio to start with. You have to fix the radio. Right. You have to build a repair tool to fix the radio. But yeah, after you, which was so hard to get the repair tool, that was like one of the things that took the longest in my early game stuff was just getting a repair tool and like exploring enough to get the repair tool ingredients. Well, if I'm if I remember right, you were texting me about how to get cave sulfur, right? Yes. Yes. So and I remember you were like, which was like literally next door. Yeah, I remember you were like. <laughs> You were like, oh, those fish have attacked me before. And I was like, yeah, you just have to go up to the flower afterward. And you were like, oh. So I think that was the cause of your problems. Okay, so yeah. So the other life pods uh, get ejected various places um, on the planet. And you can go and explore them. They all kind of get like, um, like one gets like overturned and like the water floods it. And there's like others that like sink to the bottom and eventually like, something like rips apart the whole of all of them so you can explore inside without having to open the doors or anything um and like you know there's no dead bodies you don't see any dead which bodies. is um, nice it's implied that they were all eaten yeah it is nice that you don't see the dead bodies so i i am glad about that but in every life pod there is a pda which is how you know you've already looked in a life pod if you see the pda is gone um yeah and then they have either a supply crate or sometimes they'll have a little like um, chip, a microchip thing to- The data boxes, yeah. Yeah, a data box. Um, so you get information and you get a little life, uh, you get a PDA message. Um, yeah, it kind of tells you how they died. Yes, which is sad. Yeah, it's like- it's sad, but it's also, like, interesting at the same time. Like, um... Yes, yeah. I really like, like, I, I think I've already mentioned that I like the voice acting a lot, but, um, it's, it's, like, fun to hear, and then also, like, you get kind of, um, like, hints as to, like, what's happening to you. Like, there's one, um, that's, like, a doctor, um, and he's talking about, like, how he's gonna, like, die, and, like, how, like, the infection is, like, slowly killing him, and all that kind of stuff, so... It's interesting that the infection doesn't kill us, even though we're there for like probably a month. My in-game days wound up being like 116 because I think it shows you. It's, I don't remember where I saw that, but um, oh, it shows you in like the uh, rocket when you're about to take off. Oh, yeah. So like I had been there for over three months, I think. So I was like, I was like, how would you survive that long? But um, oh, another funny thing. While we're on the topic of this, we keep getting distracted from the terms list we're trying to do, but um while we're on the topic of this I never actually got the animation where your hands like turn all like they have like those like green sores on them or anything I never got that in the original game because I never explored the part in the lost river where um there's like that old sunken alien facility and then you get like the more data boxes and stuff um the data downloads I didn't do that 
I didn't do that. I just went past it because I was like, oh, there's nothing here. I got really freaked out by it because it said that there were like big scary aliens from it or like that's where big scary creatures were housed. So the first time I was like, oh, are there big scary creatures in there now? And then the second time I was like, there's big scary creatures everywhere. I'm just going to go in. Yeah, yeah. No, they were studying some Leviathan, I think, that had like the bacteria in it naturally and then, um, or not naturally or something, or no, it had the bacteria in it naturally and they were uh, trying to isolate it and, you know, figure out what it did and then they accidentally exposed the entire planet to it. So that facility crashing is the reason why, because like you can see it says like, how many specimens were destroyed and then it says like um specimens remaining like one and again i did go back and explore this in creative mode because i was like trying to explore everything um and just going to dangerous biomes and seeing what everything looked like um but and so i was like oh i missed this so i went back in and i looked at all that but um and then i got like the animation where your hands are all funky and you're dying so in creative mode do you still have a story yeah, I was confused by that, actually, because, um, oh, we should try, probably mention the different modes. Did we mention the different modes already? No, we didn't. Okay, so there's uh, four different modes. Um, one is survival, and that is um, you have to make sure that you eat and drink um, enough that your, like, little food and, like, drink meters don't run out. And then you have to also worry about oxygen um, when you go underwater and stuff like that, and then you have a health bar. And then there's freedom, which is the one that I played where you don't have to worry about food and water, but you still have to worry about oxygen and your health bar. Um, there's hardcore, which is a permadeath mode where um, you still have to worry about all the stuff that you have to worry about in survival, like food and water. Um, but if you die, it deletes your save file and you have to start over, um, <clears throat> which I've, I've never done permadeath stuff. It scares me too much. <laughs> I would never, be, I would be so sad because I feel like I would get far enough into the game and then I would just die and I'd be like, oh my God. God, that would be so stressful, especially like in the early game when you have like 30 bar for your oxygen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God. like I I drowned like two, twice in the early game just because I was like exploring caves and stuff. Uh, so sometimes like, I would just yeah. like let myself down. I was like, I'm not going to make it out. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that's annoying is that after the first time you die, it's uh, sometimes scatter some stuff from your pockets, which is annoying. Well, I figured out that if you have been to your base in between thing holding things, you will never drop anything that you had been holding since going to your base. I don't know if it's like that in the new oh, game. Okay. Um, I haven't played it, obviously. I haven't died in the new game, actually, yet. Um, I died once, and then my game crashed, so I lost, like, 30 minutes of progress, because I was kind of sad, because the, the death loading screen just took too long, and, like, it was being weird, but, um, yeah, I haven't actually successfully died. That is, um, <laughs> <laughs> where it actually reloaded and respawned me. So I can't say, but, um, that's good to know. Um, I didn't know that. I just wound up dropping things. It seemed like all the time. Yeah. I only figured that out because I would carry stuff. I would carry a lot of stuff out and I was always really confused why I didn't lose certain things. Like I would lose when I at the early game when I would pick up like a water bottle or something and then I would die I would lose the water bottle but if I just had a water bottle on me I wouldn't lose it um if I brought it from the base which I didn't need a water bottle but I didn't know where to put it so I just held on to it and then I realized oh I don't have to pick this shit up (laughs) yeah eventually I just started either leaving them or just like left them in lockers and just didn't really bother I think it would be a nice touch if you could consume like the food and water to boost your health a little bit in freedom mode. I was thinking that as well. Uh, I was thinking even just like for fun, just consume. 
Like consume it. Especially because no matter what mode you're in, you still have all of the same spawns of food and water. So you don't get any, it's not like in those um, supply crates, Yeah, they replace the water with a health thing. They just keep the water there. So you have to either just not pick it up or pick it up and not know what to do with it. Like it's not like you can dump it on the fire in the Aurora or something. No, you can build a trash can, which permanently gets rid of stuff, which is nice. Uh, so, like, I I could have just put stuff in my trash can. I don't know why I didn't. I didn't build anything aesthetic. Well, the trash can isn't aesthetic. Like, it has a use. <laughs> I didn't build anything in that. So, in the PDA, in your building section, there's, like, categories of, like, builds. And the last couple, ca- the last category is, like, benches and tables and chairs and desks and all that stuff. I didn't build a single one of those things. Yeah, that's why you didn't figure out the the beds are the only way to pass time. Yeah. Um, I built like a... Which I wouldn't have needed anyway. Yeah. That's probably why it took you so long. Fair. Um, and then, yeah, no, I was... Um, that's why it took me extra days probably because I did sleep a lot. But um, maybe that slowed the infection. Who knows? Maybe I was being smart. But yeah, no, I built a, I built a, a bed, a desk, a chair... I took the little like toys from the Aurora, like the Aurora model ship and like the little boy and I stuck those on a oh, shelf. Yeah. yeah. And then I believe in Degassi 3, there's some stuff you can pick up in the third Degassi base. And I, I picked that stuff up. Anything I picked up, like little beakers and like a little toy set or something, I would put in my second room that I never went to except for to drop that stuff off. But I did, you can also pick up posters and I would put the posters up in my in my space yeah I put the posters up my pad I was excited to have posters in the second one because I didn't know if there was going to be any but there is so I was like yay spoiler spoiler uh sorry oh in creative mode though I found out that you can craft um you can do this in regular mode too but I was just in creative mode I found out you can craft a bed inside an observatory like this little like glass thing because what I did in creative mode because you don't have to use any resources to craft anything you can just kind of go ham I built this like magnificent looking like multi-level base and then I just kind of like made a massive like the longest ladder ever because it doesn't have any limit really uh just going like straight up and then once I was above the water I crafted like a couple of glass tubes and like some of oh my god you can build above the water too yeah I don't know how far above the water it lets you build but it does let you build above the water what are, where did you start building your base um, and like the grassy plateaus where all the red grass is just because there's a lot of space in there. And that's, that was just the first one I want to build. I'm going to build one in, um, I started building one, I think in the lava zone too. Um, just as like a fuck you to the sea dragon who can no longer hurt me. He still tried even in creative mode. He was like spitting those fireballs and I was like, fuck you buddy. But that's another thing that I'm talking about. Like, that's interesting that it doesn't change anything, but how you are affected like it yeah I think that's like a really interesting thing it basically just takes away a certain bar or something I don't know what it does but like none of the other issues oh yeah did I actually did I actually define what creative mode is um (laughs) I don't think I did um kind of basically it's like minecraft creative mode yeah but um you can't die there's no oxygen meter no food no water um and like nothing hurts you no animals can hurt you um, they'll still try to attack you. Like I went with my sea moths. Um, also, none of your vehicles take damage and they don't run out of charge ever. And your tools don't run out of charge ever, which is nice. Um, I took my sea moth to the air around the Aurora to see if I could get a reaper to attack me. And then it did. And it did the whole like, you know, 
it grabs your thing and like tries to eat you animation. I was like, that's cool. Cause I like, couldn't die. Um, but yeah, and it also automatically um, makes it so you don't have to spend resources to craft anything. So you can just go ham, it's a fun time. See, creative mode is interesting. It's interesting that you still have a story in creative mode. I thought because... that it wouldn't be enabled because it says that in the menu, no story. Because like everything else in the in the game like kind of relies on you having the struggle. Yeah. Because if you didn't have that, then why wouldn't you just go to all the alien bases like right away? You would just dive straight down immediately and then like do the end game stuff. Yeah. Or you can you can craft. No, I went down and I did that. And I because I, you know, like I said, I was exploring the like thing that I didn't explore. And I was just surprised that it still like triggers the animation, still says you're infected if you self-scan yourself, all of that stuff. I didn't think that was gonna be part of it. And like I haven't actually like I crafted the hatching enzymes just for, you know, giggles, kicks, whatever. Um, and I'm gonna like, you know, heal myself. Um, but like it's weird because the warpers aren't attacking me, but like, you know, I think that it's just like a stability thing with the game. Also, I think that the developers just didn't want to take the time to cut all that out. Yeah. Um, and like there's a there's like a fine line between like how much of it is story and how much of it is exploration because it, exploration is like part of the story. So like I'm sure they didn't want to remove like the Aurora itself and um like all the life pods and stuff and the alien bases. So they just kind of left the story part in. Which is completely valid. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know what would happen if you like, if you leave, like even the sunbeam thing still happens. Oh, we haven't talked about the sunbeam yet. Look at me, a segue, a segue. A segue. Look at that. Basically. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, the sunbeam. So the sunbeam is a little ship um it's like a six person crew that's like hurtling through space and then um it picks up the aurora which the aurora is the big ship i think i've already talked about the aurora no we didn't talk about aurora okay the aurora first is a, the big ship that you were on um that was made by amazon space corporation basically that crashes um and then the sunbeam hears the aurora's signal like the sos signal and they you know they like you know try to contact you and they're like hey what's going on like do you still need help and they're kind of like complaining about it at first like you know gosh dang oh those are amazon can't take care of themselves they were like uh we're gonna get you yeah can i get a sandwich no that's actually the uh oh is that the altera altera group oh yeah they were mean they were rude i will discuss that in a second um they're like corporate amazon basically so yeah so the sunbeam hears the uh the distress call from the aurora and it's like okay yeah whatever and then they fly by the planet because that's kind of what their route was and they see like all the wreckage basically and they're like oh dang we're sorry that we were kind of assholes we're gonna come save you how could they see it that far uh you can see some things from space and i'm assuming that the the like you don't really see a lot of clouds so i'm assuming that the atmosphere is thinner Oh, yeah. I guess, like, when you escape, you can kind of see a lot, not detail, but, like, when it shows you the planet, you can see And the aurora is massive. Like, you can see it from anywhere in the crater map. So if they were flying by that, like, half of the planet at all, they would see it. And, um, again, I think they were trying to scope it out. They probably used, like, a telescope or something just to see what was going on because they weren't Mm -hmm. really hearing back from anybody. But then, yeah, you kind of get in touch with them. You confirm that you're still alive. And they tell you, you know, where to meet them. And then they fly by the planet and they see you and they're like wow like we don't know how you held on for so long like you know good for you basically and then they're like okay we're gonna land and then as soon as they get close enough to the atmosphere the space gun that is that uh, hit the altera um the aurora sorry um hits their ship and it just completely obliterates it there's no wreck there's no nothing it just shoots it to bits so it just like incinerates basically on impact and then you're like oh great so 
It was very disheartening to see. Like, I knew that they weren't going to save me because that wouldn't make any sense for the story. Like, I didn't, I hadn't done anything barely yet. I I don't even know if I made a base. I hadn't, yeah. Um, at that point. And so I was just completely, like, you know, confused why these people would be coming. And so I was like, I haven't done anything yet. And then they get shot down and I'm like, oh my God, that sucks. <laughs> that really stinks. Yeah, I was sad. Um, at this point, I wasn't sure if there was going to be a whole lot of NPC interaction. Um, and it seemed like, because like most of the stuff with like the Sunbeam and them contacting you, at least at the very end, happens live. Like they're kind of talking to you and you're not talking back, but like, you know, it seems like it's a conversation basically. And then they, you know, explode and everything. So I was like, I was kind of hoping that there would be somebody that was like going to interact with me, but alas, it's a solo adventure. I was thinking that like when I first got contact with Sunbeam, I was thinking like maybe I won't be able to respond to them. So, or maybe like, you know, like my, my radio wouldn't be able to respond to them. So they just keep going because they wouldn't get any word back or something. I don't know. I was thinking, I didn't, I didn't expect all them, all of them to die. That was, <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that outcome either, but you take, you can technically spare the lives of the Sunbeam members if you heal yourself um, using the enzymes and everything um, and then turn off the big gun before you trigger their story because um, the countdowns only triggered. Which you could do in cre- creative mode, right? Yeah, and you can also do it in a regular mode if you just don't listen to the radio messages. It never gets triggered. So their countdown won't get triggered until you listen to all the radio messages. And then there's one that sets like a two hour clock of like when they're going to land to rescue you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh my God, that was like the worst waiting. For yeah. It. I was like, okay, great. Cool. Like, at least I'm going to get something out of this, right? Like resources, something like I was like, maybe, uh-huh. you know, a different part of the game. I, I didn't know what to expect. Right. But you know, obviously- and I really didn't, I didn't want to miss when they came, like it yeah. gave you like a little area to stand on. I like scouted the area first, even though I'd already been there, but I was like making sure I knew exactly where to stand when they came. And then like, obviously it's just a way to, for you to see them being shot down with the <clears throat> insane gun of yeah. a building that was. Yeah, it was a really sick animation to watch. Like, the funny thing to me is, like, I'm thinking about this from, like, a game developer standpoint. And, like, so the first thing is, like, the Aurora, when it, um, when the quantum detonation happens in its drive core, because it uses, um, you know, radioactive power supply. Uh, it Because you know, they're after, idiots. Yes. Um, so after, shortly after crashes, that happens. Um, but it gives you, like, a, a warning, basically. And it says, like, oh, this will happen in roughly two hours. And then, like, it's like two in-game hours, so it's not like two actual hours. Um, but, and then so like, you know, 20 minutes later or whatever, um, it's just like, oh, it'll happen in 10, nine, eight, and then it counts down. And um, basically they're just trying to make sure that you're facing the Aurora to see the cool animation that they did <laughs> where it like explodes. Um, and you can't explore the Aurora until this happens. Um, I like tried in creative mode. Wait, really? You can't? No, because there's no entrance. The entrance is created when it explodes. Yeah. But um, yeah, so Sunbeam sucks. No, it doesn't. But the event sucks because it's really sad. Yeah, it is one of the sadder moments of the game. Apparently you can like miss the animation, which like would kind of suck because you would have no clue what just happened. Um, Yeah, like the main purpose of the Sunbeam story is so that you find that alien like facility where the gun like is. Even though I found it like my first day exploring. Yeah, I found it first too. I found it early because I was like, I'm just going to go in a direction and see what I can find. And then I was like, oh, land, that's funky. And then I explored it. So 
I think the first time I texted you after starting playing, I was like, I found a big area and I got stabby stabbed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I got, I because it like checks your blood. It like stabs you to check your blood to make sure you're okay. Yeah, to see if you're still infected basically. And if you're still infected, it won't shut off. Yeah, and so I texted you and I was like, I just got stabbed. I don't know what's happening. Um, and you were like, yeah. oh, you just skipped like everything. <laughs> dude yeah no because i found the facility early right but then i didn't fully explore it like i got kind of lost and turned around because it's kind of maze like and then i came back way later after i'd already built my cyclops and then i finally fully explored the facility because i hadn't actually like gone down and then i got stabbed um and that stab is what triggers the first time that the sea emperor tries to talk to you i'm assuming it's because like she has some like telepathic well obviously she has telepathic powers but she also like I think it's between the bases, the rooms. Yeah, the alien bases. Like, she can sense, like, kind of, like, because, like, they're connected all by the same power sources. Which, I just want to say, I think that's the, the the technology of this giant building gun, this giant gun building place, the technology is very alien-like. Like, I feel, it feels like it is using the materials that are most abundantly available in the Mm -hmm. world which is titanium and lead and you know copper it feels like it's using that stuff it also doesn't look like something that would be laid out the way that we would as humans think something should be laid out yeah um and uses just like interesting um dynamics but then also the idea that this is a building that has more than one purpose it is also a gun and it moves and then when you spoiler alert get stabbed and you aren't infected anymore it just the building shuts off like yeah this building had the function to and then it it folds the building like folds in on itself which was very interesting yeah it made me it's super it made it super hard for me to find a way out like as soon as all the lights shut off because you can't see anything anymore and i was like using my flashlight trying to figure out where i was going but like the flashlight has such a small radius so it's like hard to see and so eventually i just went back down to the moon pool and was just like i'm just gonna leave through here i think i left through the moon pool too but i also think i had my seam off with me um because i think i entered through the moon pool as well yeah oh okay because yeah. the warp portal is really close to the moon pool. Yeah, yeah. So it just goes straight to the moon pool, basically. So which is where I went. Um, but yeah, the first time I didn't bring any of my vehicles with me. So I was just like, get me out of the Lost River and the lava zone. I was like, I want to be gone. And then like the first time that I got back after the surface, after all those or- many ordeals, I was like, ah, yes, I made it. <laughs> so basically, right. So you know that you're sick. You have to cure yourself. Um, so you go down. Like I've mentioned, this the Sea Emperor has telepathic abilities. It's this very large Leviathan. It's very, it's much bigger than any of the other um, sea creatures that you encounter. And um, it like does these like telepathic communications with you a couple of times. The first time happens, um, you can trigger it in two ways. Either after it, after you get stabbed by the quarantine gun thing to see if you're still infected. 20 minutes after that happens, it'll um, make contact with you and be like, what are you basically? Um, alternatively, if you are in the Lost, Robert, uh, Lost River without doing that, um, it will contact you then. Um, and then, um, I think after you explore the little sunken facilities, when it does that, if it hasn't already contacted you. And then once you go further into the, so you didn't get either of me. Oh no, I got the one after I stabbed myself, but, um, and then I got the other one in creative mode because I didn't stab myself in creative mm-hmm. mode. Um, and then if you get further into the lost river, it'll tell you to like, come closer to you, come closer to it and like talk to it basically. Um, and then the final message is like, uh, 
it's saying that it wants to help you and that it um it is what you like need to like you know complete your mission basically it says like i am what you seek something along those lines what are you i am what you seek want to help you So you go into this, um, the final facility way down in the um, the active lava zone or inactive lava zone. I don't know what it's called, but the lava is very active and it will kill you, (laughs) but it will kill you. Um, You're in the lava zone, the inactive lava zone technically, but again, the lava will hurt you. Um, And then you go into this alien facility and you, you know, explore a little bit. You have to deactivate some force fields um, and you can scan a bunch of stuff to figure out more about like how everything went wrong, how they were trying to cure everybody and how it just didn't happen fast enough and they weren't doing the right things. There's also some elements that answer a lot of questions. Yeah. Like there have been vents throughout the entire like deeper areas of the game. Um, and then you find out where the vents go to and you're kind of like, oh, so that, so these have a purpose. Right. They're not just weird. Yeah. So what the vents were doing is they were taking, so, okay, I should explain this part first. So the scientists that were trying to figure out a cure for the vaccine found out that the sea emperor Leviathan, um, a cure for the vaccine, cure for the, cure for the disease by developing a vaccine or something like that. Um, they found out that the, um, the sea emperor Leviathan, the one that's been trying to contact you, it's highly intelligent, um, naturally produces an enzyme called enzyme 42, which will heal people um, or any, you know, sea creature of the uh, bacterial infection. And um, it, they try to figure out, uh, but the, the one, the old um, Leviathan that they have in the facility doesn't produce enough of it um, in order to actually use for like a vaccine or anything. So, um, or a cure. For like a large population of people. That, and it's just not potent enough to, to heal anybody. It heals us. No, you he, you have to hatch her children. Remember? Oh, is it her children that heal yes. us? I thought it was her that healed no, us. No, it was her children. Okay. So there's like five eggs um, of like, you know, her young basically that are at the bottom of this tank that she's trapped in um, that they were studying. And that one of the eggs is in like a tank um, outside of that that's been like um, artificially like cracked open and they remove the fetus to try and like, you know, extract the enzyme, but it doesn't produce it unless it's alive. So obviously that didn't work. I think they were probably thinking like, oh, well, this one that's alive doesn't produce enough. So one that is like pre-alive. They were trying to, yeah, they thought that they speculated that the youth, like a younger um, specimen would produce enough of it, like in potent quantities in order to you know, heal people and develop a cure. But of course they couldn't figure out how to get them to hatch. Um, But again, the uh, the, the Leviathan is very intelligent. It talks to you. So when you first, um, get into the tank that it's in, it has this whole conversation with you where it asks you if you're, you know, actually here, um, to, to play, I think is what it says. Um, or if you're, if it's just gonna, if you're just gonna ignore it, like everybody else did basically. Are you here to play? Others came here once. They built these walls. They played alone they bored me now they're gone and instead we have you we are curious whether you swim with the current or fight against it as they did 
Um, and then it like swims around the tank in like um, circles. It's really cool. And you can get up close to it, obviously, because it's not trying to hurt you, um, which is really cool. And you can scan it and your scanner will tell you that it's like passive and it's just kind of chilling. Um, All of the creatures, there's a lot of creatures from the rest of the game. The biome of this area is very similar to the biome of the shallows. Yeah. Of the safe shallows. So um, you have a lot of creatures in this area that like the um, that one shark guy uh, and um, I don't know, other other creatures. There are a lot of other fish in there. Yeah. And none of them will mess with you, even if they have previously messed with you in like other parts of the game, which I think yeah. is really cool that like this is just kind of this weird safe zone. Yeah, I think after you make it through all the hard part of trying to get down there, it's like... <laughs> it's earned um but it was very it was very funny especially to see a bone shark because the bone sharks are like some of the most aggressive creatures in the game they're so annoying um and they'll like just attack you like on site basically uh not not even a territorial like they'll follow you and they will just keep going um and so to see a bone shark in this tank that was not attacking me was just kind of vibing i was like okay dude um but it's speculated i think in your pda that um the reason that all of these animals are like docile and stuff is because they're they have like a symbiotic relationship with this sea emperor leviathan and um because it you know it produces enough enzyme 42 for the the fish to be okay in the tank and then the the reason that the vents are other places in the game is because there's like this room that's like um cycling peepers which are these very little fish um in and out of this area and the ones that are coming out of this tank um no longer carry the bacteria and so when they're consumed by other fish because again they're very small they're prey fish um they heal the other fish as well so that's the reason that enough of these fish have survived um for there to still be an ecosystem at all and you can tell which fish are infected with the bacteria because um they put like a glowing like line kind of um on them or like glowing spots on them depending on the species like the ghost leviathan that was attacking me ruthlessly in the lost river had um like a couple of like glowing veins that were like orange and glowing so you could tell that it's affected oh that's interesting i didn't realize that yeah it's a really cool touch so then once you scan the um eggs at the bottom of the tank she comes over to you and kind of explains that the scientists that were like studying her before um didn't really like care to understand um like anything about her or her young or how like you know that whole process works and she was like you know I think she's still a little upset at them like taking one and obviously didn't return. She can connect the dots, you know? So she decided not to help them basically, but she's like, um, but she's like, you seem cool. Basically I'll help you. If you help me, if you activate this gate right here, um, that, um, it just requires an ion cube. Then that means that her fish could leave the tank. Um, it's too small for her to leave through it, but, um, her, you know, young could leave through it. So she says, if you activate that, then I know that they can actually leave. So I'll help you. And also she knew that like all she needed to do, all she needed to live through was letting her kids leave and then she could die. Like, yeah, I think she, did she just like willingly die? Yeah. Yeah. I'll get to that. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves just a smidge, but, um, sorry, no worries. <laughs> um, we're, we've been all over the place with this episode. We just both have lots of thoughts about it, but, um, so yeah, so basically she tells you then that in order for her young to hatch, um, they require to be in the presence of certain enzymes, which are produced by certain plants. Um, so you get a recipe um, for hatching enzymes and then you have to go 
And there's four gates in this area that go to different areas in the game. And each area in the game um, has a different plant that's used for this um, hashing enzyme. So once you get all those and you craft it, then you can come back, um, put it into the um, little area where the eggs are, and then they'll hatch. And then as they're leaving, they'll kind of leave these clouds of enzyme 42. And so you can interact with them and then that heals you. Um, and then they immediately just yeet through the gate basically. Um, and then <laughs> she thanks you, obviously she's like, you know, um, she's happy that they'll live. And then, you know, she's like, basically like my purpose is done. Like, like you said, she only really needs to live past that part, which is like bittersweet um, a little bit, because again, this is the only interactable character in the whole game. Um, and she just wanted to see her race continue, basically see her children prosper. So sad to think about how long she must have been trapped down there before you arrived. Because like this, this civilization is probably centuries old. When you scan the um, Sea Emperor Leviathan, it says that like the creatures can live for like many centuries. So she's just been kind of vibing. Sad moment. I thought I had to craft an enzyme for each egg. No. <laughs> so I collected five of each plant thing which by the way takes up a lot of inventory space and I crafted no. five enzymes to then be told that I only needed one when I put it in so that was like kind of sad but um maybe I should oh rip I was like I know what I'm doing I'm not gonna look at the walkthrough maybe I should have looked at the walkthrough at that point actually I don't think it mentions it in the walkthrough now that I think about it it doesn't it says like it says if you get stuck you can look here and then it has like some spoiler text so if you uncover it it says basically um to you know collect all these things and make the enzyme yeah it doesn't tell you to make five of the enzyme so maybe that would have clued you in i was convinced that i would need five yeah also i figured out that the rarest plant the hardest one to find is in the tank with her yes and yes that was insanely like i was like oh my god it's right here <laughs> are you kidding me? I just spent like yeah. an hour looking for this in other biomes and I couldn't find it. And now you're telling me it's right here. Oh, I looked up pictures of what each one was. I looked up the, so I looked up the, um, the recipe on the wiki so that I could see what the pictures of each plant looked like. So that I knew what I was looking for when I went to each place. Mm -hmm. Cause at this point in the game, I was just on a mission. I was like, I want to heal myself. I want to yeet off this planet. Um, but yeah, so I looked up what each one of them looked like and where each biome, um, what I was getting from each biome. So I figured out that one of them was in the tank. So I grabbed that and then um, just made a beeline for the plants in the other biomes. Yeah, and then when you, yeah, there are different portals that will take you basically to the biome you need to be in to get the plant. Um, right, yeah, I mentioned the yeah. warp gates. So um that was really nice. Yeah, yeah. I think the developers throw you a bone at that point where they're like, okay, you made it to the end game. Now just a, a little more. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. When I could when I could just portal out of the underneath area and I yeah. could just get out of there. I was so so grateful for those moments for that moment of just Oh yeah. Did I mention how I like came up from the depths and I was like, I have finally seen the light of day. Did we talk about the ending credits? No, I don't. No, we didn't. Okay. So I guess we can just start from like building the rocket, right? Sounds like we haven't talked about that yet. Okay. Yeah. Like I initially just went through the little aquarium gate with nothing. Like I just had all what was in my inventory, which was just like a few ion cubes, basically. So I was like, those will be useful. And I, you know, went through that. I was healed and I, you know, finally got my, my first breath, breath of air. 
up on the surface and I was like, ah, yes, I've made it. And then I went to build the, um, the Neptune cause I already had all the ingredients in one of my bases for the, the launch thing. And then I saw that you needed like- Cause you get the launch recipe really early on. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't pad. know that you needed like, I figured, yeah, you need to build a rocket, but like, you know, it's can't be that bad, right? I don't know why I thought that because it's a rocket, but- um, You have to build it in like, five components yeah so you have to build like the base and then you have to build like the different like levels building up to the top yeah of the rocket and so there's a lot of going back and forth between wherever you're building it and then like your storage facility your storage and then of course you never have exactly what you need so then you have to go scavenge yeah so I was like so I had most of the stuff in like my bases and at that point I was just deconstructing my bases just to get what I needed because I was like screw this get me off this rock I've been eaten by fish too many times <laughs> but and I was like I'm not going back down to the lost river and then lo and behold I was one piece short on nickel and I was like are you kidding me so of course I went back through the gate went back down to my cyclop grabbed some nickel and then I went back up I like stuffed my pockets with all the useful stuff for my cyclops because I was like screw this I'm not bringing the cyclops all the way back out um and then I put a bunch of stuff in my uh, prawn suit used my prawn suit to go through the aquarium gate again and then I just built it using like base components and other stuff. Oh, I had to grab my Cyclops shield generator too. Cause at that point I was like, I hadn't even built like half the rocket, but I was like, okay, I'm going to look up everything that I need so that I don't have to come back here again. So I grabbed all that stuff. Yeah. I definitely appreciate the pro tip you gave me of like grabbing my um, Cyclops shield generator yeah. for it, because that's one of the components. It's funny that you need like to build a full thing to add to the full thing you're building. I know, I know. It's but like yeah, I can understand why like and especially cuz it's kind of like the Neptune launch platform works kind of like the uh, mobile vehicle bay where it has like these little like floating things that like 3D print whatever you're building basically. So like it makes sense that you need to have it like mostly constructed. Like it's not a full fabricator, right? So like makes sense. But yeah, it was kind of rough. I think I had like a less rough time than you. But I also had you to guide me. Yeah, no, and like... So I was grateful for that. Honestly, if I were to do it again, like as I was looking up actually, because I'm we mentioned this when we were recording this earlier, um, we were talking about how people speedrun the game. And I was like, yeah, I wondered. So I looked up, I watched the world record speedrun, which is like, I highly recommend watching it. Um, he uses a lot of glitches and stuff to like clip through the map in certain places, uh, which is interesting. But um, like... I'll have to look up a glitches one later, but I looked up how to do it. And like the guy that I looked at was for creative mode where, you know, you basically have no cost turned on, there's no oxygen or anything. So they just went down, I think in the Seamoth because there's no damage. But honestly, if I could do it over again, I would probably just use my prawn suit down there because I'd be less likely to get like smacked by things. I would just build a base in like the first portion of the Lost River so that I could make components to upgrade the depth module. And that's, that's it. I would just bring my prawn suit. I would not bring the whole Cyclops. It just feels unnecessary and it draws too much unwanted attention. And I had a bad time. Just like me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to talk about this because I really liked the whole sea emperor thing. Like the, like all that stuff that happens where, you know, she talks to you and that whole storyline and like how that was a huge part of like, you know, curing yourself and everything. Um, and I thought her motivations as a character were really interesting. Um, and then so you get to the end, you can put whatever stuff if you want, like a time capsule, time capsule or something, and other players can find those if they're playing in like, um, I think it's PC. Um, you can find other oh. people's 
time capsules if you're playing online um i was gonna ask what the purpose of the time capsules was yeah like some people will put like cuttlefish eggs in them because they're like cute and like you give them to other players or like they'll put like pictures of like the cool stuff that they built and stuff i think i just stuck a, a picture of my my bright green cyclops and that was it and i was like i don't think the time capsules matter for the xbox edition i never found any but maybe i wasn't looking but anyways i wrote get wrecked <laughs> <laughs> nice i don't know if i wrote anything i should have wrote like in memory of pig menace or something do you remember (laughs) do you remember that (laughs) okay quick recap one of my my first simonica stream i went hunting for scary fish because good content right uh and i took my sea moth named pig menace down into like a very (laughs) scary area the deep grand reef where there's a bunch of like there's like crab squids ghost leviathan scary stuff and i am like about to get attacked by a crab squid so i like yeet out and then on my way out and like my sea moth has been taking damage left and right from just the various creatures i've encountered during the stream and so it's at like 13 percent health and so i'm on my way out when from behind me, all I see, right, is my sea moth exploding. But then I see like out of the corner of the screen, like just a little bit of ghost Leviathan. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, so anyways, rest in peace, Pig Venice. He dissolved like tissue paper. Anyways, I started this topic by trying to talk about the credits. Don't know how we got sidetracked. But anyways, so like, I feel like this is a good point to mention uh, that we probably had like close to four hours recorded for this episode and had to trim it down. So thanks, Lucy, for your honorable efforts. I appreciate (laughs) it. We both had a lot to say. We also both got sidetracked so many times on a lot of different irrelevant stuff, but- um, And we will be doing the second Subnautica below zero. And we will have a lot more to say about it. So be ready for us to go off again on Subnautica. Oh, for sure. So back to the credits. So you get all the stuff done. You, you know, you set up your, your, uh, rocket, turn on all the different things. And then it like does the whole like takeoff sequence where it's like, oh, you know, you leave and you can see you kind of like shooting through space, um, which is cool. Uh, it's really bittersweet because you're kind of like, not bittersweet. It's kind of, it's sweet. It's, it's nice. Sweet. To, like, it's good to be like, I did that. It, I survived, even though I died so many times. It also kind of just feels like like as you're watching your the planet that you had just spent months on, apparently, apparently we spent months on it. I don't know. It's like, oh, the game is over now. Oh, we are not in danger anymore unless our handmade spaceship <laughs> just <laughs> dies. Our- <laughs> God, no, I, I would be. <laughs> Can you imagine if the end of the game was just your spaceship like exploding in the well, air? Well, I told you. I told you at the beginning of the episode, that's what I thought Subnautica Below Zero was, was him getting- Oh yeah, him getting crash landed. Like, oh my God, wait, you thought that he never even left the planet? You thought that he tried to leave and then crashed to the north? That's so funny. I legitimately thought it was the same guy who just messed up and had to do it all over again. Can you imagine like the psychological effects, like the PTSD that that would leave you with? My God. Okay, anyways, (laughs) it's a good thing that's not the plot for the second game. But um, there's like a little cutscene from the Sea Emperor, like, you know, like the telepathic message. And it's like, ah, yes, you go among the stars and I fall among the sand. And it was like always meant to be this way, basically. I don't remember what the exact message is. It's more poetic. What is a wave without the ocean? A beginning without an end. They are different, but they go together. Now you go among the stars, and I fall among the sand. 
We are different, but we go together. But it was like very like, I don't know, I kind of felt bad. I was like, she's just she's just dying down there. And she spent like the last like hundred years just kind of like swimming around the same like small aquarium. My thoughts in that moment were like, oh my God, she's still alive. Like, and sending yeah. me a message. And I was like, I thought she had died and I had felt kind of good that she had died knowing that like her babies were safe and like she was, you know, she didn't have to be down there anymore. And then like to think of her still down there after I'm doing all this stuff to create a rocket and everything made me feel really guilty. Yeah, no, like I didn't, I didn't feel that way. I felt more like she like kind of maybe like waited until we left and like she could tell that we had left and then was like, okay, this person who helped me, who helped my children is safe now. I can, it's I like can die. We're also her children. I know that's, that's kind of how I thought about it. I don't know. I feel like that's sweet. No, that's a lot sweeter than the way I thought about it. I like <laughs> that. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to snatch that one. Okay, good. Yeah, no, I really liked it. Uh, the ending anyway, it, it was, it felt very nice, very complete. What are our ratings now that we have talked about literally anything there is to talk about and we already missed like 500 things that we also wanted to talk about? Um, yeah, there's just too much to talk about in this game. We, I'm sure that when we eventually record the Below Zero episode, there will be like a million things that we like reference in the first game that we're like, wait, did we even explain that? Anyways, there's a lot. Yeah, but now that we have exhausted as much as as much of our viewers' time as possible. What is our rating of this game? What is one to 10, one being the worst game we ever played, 10 being the best game we ever played. What is your rating? I would give it like a 9.5 out of 10 because overall it's like definitely up there with like one of the best games I've played, right? Like I sunk so much time into it. I loved it so much. Um, There's just a lot of like, the reason that I can't give it like a 10 out of 10 it's just because there's like a lot of flaws right like there was a lot of frustrating things and like I get that like the things that I was frustrated by are like still like easy mode right like comparatively to like actually crash landing on an alien planet and having to survive um but like I don't know which is highly possible in both of our lifetimes oh 100 it's definitely going to happen um (laughs) um but yeah, like there was still enough things that I was frustrated by that like we've talked about. So that would be why it loses half a point. But overall, still fantastic game. Yeah, I think I would give it a nine out of 10. Um, obviously, I loved this game so much. It was really fun to play. Um, I was like addicted to it. Every time I got home from work or something, I was like, God, please, I'm not good. <laughs> um, but I think like it loses points for being like frustratingly glitchy in parts which obviously like yeah it's a big game and it's a lot and it's being ported to a lot of different systems I understand that there's a lot of glitches and bug issues but also I wish there was an auto save or like a recommended save point thing and then no I think if you could I think if you auto save like the game would just soft lock like way too many times that's true but also there were moments where like I would be saving and it would crash by saving it. Like it would crash when I clicked save game. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was one time, I think I mentioned this already that like I went to save and I lost like two hours, even though I like did the save and it looked like it saved and then I quit. 
And I was like, excuse me. Anyway, so <laughs> frustrating when that happens. But like, yeah, and like, again, it's still like, it's a, it's a big game. It took them a long time to develop. So like, I understand why they're like glitches and stuff. Yeah. And there's also just a lot of, um, there's so much love in the game. I've already said this before that like, it's hard for me to give it a nine. Cause I, I wish I could give it a full 10. This isn't like my genre of game. I'm not going to go out and play more survival games that aren't Subnautica <laughs> at this point. Um, apparently, uh, and so I just kind of have, I don't know, it's, it's still hard for me to like, I think it would still be hard for me to get into this game if I weren't doing it for the podcast. Like, I think that I, I'm not, you know, it's not my thing, but it was so fun and enjoyable. And I think that the storyline is what made it that way for me. Like, I probably wouldn't have gotten into this game, like, on my own, right? Like, reading a description of it or even watching, like, a trailer or something. Like, yeah, it looks pretty, but, like, I would have been too scared, right? Of, like, the enormity of the game. And I, you know, I used to just stick to, like, RPGs and platformers. Just, like, stuff that had a more well-defined kind of, like, progression. Um, But my friend Eddie showed me the game and, like, you know, had me play it for, like, a few hours. And he kept trying to get me to go to where, like, the Reapers are so that I would get, like, just scared um i couldn't though because i didn't have a radiation suit but um and he didn't direct me towards the other biomes that have reapers but um so screw like, you so- eddie i'm kidding i love you <laughs> no, eddie. I'm sorry. no we love eddie eddie's great so yeah so when i was getting into the game i was just like i was just i really liked the like the it seemed very peaceful to me right like swimming around the like the safe shallows and like yeah I died like twice because I wasn't managing my oxygen but like I I still liked that like the exploration of it and that's what originally made me want to play it um and then obviously like even with all of like the frustrations and like the scary bits and everything like it was still worth it to me yeah I agree and I think that the scary bits weren't that scary but like whatever no honestly like now that I've done it (laughs) right like now (laughs) okay yeah I you like horror movies I don't um so I think that that lays out what our opinions are on, on those things. And I'm a scaredy cat for sure. But um, now that I've done it, right? Like I don't have as much fear anymore. I'm like, okay, like literally that's, that it happened. Like I, I can face anything now because I've seen the worst. My Cyclops died and then I died so many times. Like <laughs> there is nothing else that could happen to me. That's literally like the worst the game has to offer is like just getting ruthlessly beat up by ghost Leviathans and sea dragons and all that fun stuff. Um, so like when I went back and played it in creative mode, like I built a base in the lava zone. I built a base like in every scary place that I could think of. Well, I'm going to, I haven't yet, but I'm going to. And like, I went out to like, you know, the crater's edge and saw like the scary things. And I was like, you can't hurt me anymore. Um, so that's, that's great. Okay. On a gluten-free scale where one is the least gluten-free most gluten it's the the least glutinous the most gluten free (laughs) one is this game is perfect for us to inhabit other games that have gotten a one so far have just been ever space um and then five is this game is impossible to live in because we would not be able to survive physically with what we can consume right so i think i would give it like a two or two point five just because like obviously if you're playing freedom and you don't have to worry about eating like obviously no concern right but um yeah solid yeah it's like everspace where there's just no food um and then in like but if you're doing like you know 
uh, survival mode where you have to worry about like eating and drinking. There's these nutrient blocks, which I think definitely contain gluten. They look like they would. Um, but I think all of the other like plants and like fish and stuff that you can eat in the game would be fine. So like you could survive. You can also get a bag of snacks. Oh yeah. But those probably have gluten in them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. Yeah. Everything except for like the nutrient blocks, which you can definitely avoid eating. Um, yeah. So I would also give it like a two, 2.2 maybe. Um, you know, it's not get real specific, very specific. How else? (laughs) How else? Um, you know, it's not like there was an entire section of the game created just to make us touch food or something. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. Like in some of the other games, like in Little Riddle, when we had to like organize cookies. Or even in Goose Game, where you have to like not eat the sandwich, but you have to hold it in your mouth. Yeah, which like, first of all, that goose would be. Eaten. If I was a gluten-free goose, like. I would need a gluten-free picnic. <laughs> Obviously. Also, the image of a gluten-free goose is just hilarious. Oh, so cute. So yes, that is our review conversation on Subnautica, the first one. (laughs) Several hours later. Follow us on all of our social medias. We have Instagram. Yes. Uh, Instagram. Oh, you want me to say? Yes, please, because I can't remember that. (laughs) Okay. We have... We have Instagram, which is GF Gaming Pod. Gluten-free gaming pod. It's the full one. Okay. Cut that. We have Instagram, which is at gluten-free gaming pod. We have Twitter at GF Gaming Pod. We have YouTube, gluten-free gaming podcast. And we have TikTok. Gluten-free gaming Gluten-free pod. gaming pod. And then we also have a Gmail if you want to email us and harass us. I don't know. Do whatever you want Do with it. our email. Send us, send us fan mail. Uh, I, want, I want a fan mail. I've gotten a couple of DMs about like from people who have liked the podcast. Always send me more DMs. <laughs> send them to our other, to our like total Instagram too so that Lucy can see them. Uh, it warms my heart to know that people enjoy this. So please yeah, dm us on tiktok dm us on all of our socials we will take it um and yeah and then yeah email us glutenforgamingpod at gmail.com um and yeah have a show up to my twitch oh yeah lisi twitch.tv yes <laughs> twitch.tv slash lisi underscore galaxy show up I stream uh, every Thursday at 7, so pop by. And sometimes I will be there. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us on our fun gluten-free gaming journey, and we will see you all next week. Goodbye. Yay. Bye. Bye.